a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Here. Resistance is futile. This, indeed, you are called. Is it's in my hand. Fan effect. Okay. This morning, a new take on He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. I hadn't seen that one. But that, that's not it. That's no, not no, it. No, no. This is a throwback. It's a great music, too. All right. from a, And then we also got to talk about a cowboy legend. Mm. So joining us right now to break down what's worth watching this weekend, we've got Andy Farnsworth of KSL News Radio and KSL's Fan Effect Podcast. Some very different movies happening here. Ooh. Yeah, well, yeah, just forget about it. We're talking about He-Man later, but it is not that. It is not that. <laughs> well, so let's start then with one of the big movie releases this week, Cry Macho with Clint Eastwood. Set in 1979, Eastwood, who also directed the movie, plays Mike Milo, a former rodeo champion who lost his family in a car wreck and his career to injury and drinking. When Mike's ex-boss, Howard, played by Dwight Yoakam, asks him to go to Mexico to bring back his estranged teenage son, Rafo, Mike has no choice but to accept. When Mike finally does find Rafo, the pair are forced to take the back roads from Mexico City to the U.S. border, avoiding the police and Rafo's mother's henchmen along the way. While on the journey, Mike and Rafo create an unexpected bond. They find help in unexpected places, and Mike begins to feel like maybe there could be some hope for his own redemption. I gotta say, it was kind of hard to watch Clint Eastwood be so old. His voice, his movements, pretty much everything. There were times where I struggled to believe that he could fight off anybody, let alone people much more young and spry. But I did like the supporting cast and the story based on a book by N. Richard Nash, and it was a decent story. Obviously, the biggest thing from this movie is Eastwood playing against his own type. A guy who made his name in Hollywood as like the most macho cowboy of the 1970s is now an old cowboy, set in the late 70s, no less, saying things about how, in the trailer, like how being macho is all BS. Now, it's a slow-paced movie that I think will appeal to older viewers more than younger ones. Cry Macho is rated PG-13 and is playing in theaters and streaming for the next 30 days on HBO Max. Up next is a new streaming TV series on Peacock that is also based on a book. Dan Brown's The Lost Symbols, based on the international best-selling thriller The Lost Symbol, and follows the early adventures of young Robert Langdon, played in the movies by Tom Hanks, but here on TV by Ashley Zuckerman from the show Succession. Langdon, of course, is a Harvard symbologist who has to solve a series of deadly puzzles to save his kidnapped mentor and thwart a chilling global conspiracy. Isn't it always a global conspiracy? The series is executive produced by Ron Howard, who also directed all the Dan Brown-based movies. The Lost Symbol was originally going to 
to be a movie way back in 2013 and star Hanks again, but that fell apart and then Howard and Hanks made Inferno instead. Now the story's been reconfigured as a 10-episode series, theoretically allowing for a much more complete adaptation of a Dan Brown book, which is always full of twists and turns. The first of what will be those 10 episodes dropped on the Peacock streaming service yesterday. It's rated TV 14 and new episodes will hit each Thursday. Now, if you're looking for some Halloween-type scary movies, one new option is on Netflix. It's called Night Books, and it is supposedly aimed at kids. More on that in a moment. It may shock you to find out that Night Books is also based on a book, since that seems to be our theme this morning. This one is a horror fantasy children's book written by author J.A. White. The movie stars Kristen Ritter, most famously known for Marvel's Jessica Jones series on Netflix. She plays a witch whose apartment lures in children and then traps them there. Young Alex, played by Winslow Fegley, gets trapped in the apartment, and his life is spared only when he says he's good at writing scary stories. So the witch says she'll let him live as long as he tells her a new scary story every night. Now, this is supposed to be aimed at kids, but I would not let a kid under probably age 10 watch this if it were me. It has moments where it seems kid-friendly, but there are way more that are shockingly non-kid-friendly, including some very scary images and some really weird stuff that happens. And then I saw it was produced by Sam Raimi, who's actually famous for his grown-up horror. So just be warned, Nightbooks is rated TVPG, but it's way too scary for young kids, unless you want them sleeping in your bedroom for a week, and it's streaming only on Netflix. Finally... Something that is more kid-friendly, not based on a book, and not what we saw at the beginning of this segment. It's called He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, and it's a brightly colored new CG animated series on Netflix based on the popular He-Man toy line, but not related to past animated series. This new version takes place on Eternia, the first planet of creation. The demonic tyrant Skeletor and his dark armies want to capture Eternia's kingdoms and its ultimate prize, Castle Grayskull. It's up to Eternia's champion He-Man and his brave squad of rookie heroes to stop Skeletor and restore the peace. This series is different from the animated series that premiered a month ago. That one was a continuation of the old cartoon from the 80s, while this one has its own story, mythos, and even some new characters. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe is rated TVY7, and so it's pretty much safe for all ages. But remember, it's based on toys, so, you know, it's kind of a commercial. All ten half-hour episodes of the first season are available to stream now on Netflix. Looking ahead to next week, a big one a lot of folks have been waiting for. Dear Evan Hansen, I'll tell you all about that one next Friday. If you'd like any more details on these movies or series, head over to ksltv.com where I've posted all of my movie and streaming TV series reviews. Also, if you're at FanX at the Salt Palace this weekend, I'll be moderating a celebrity panel at noon on Saturday. And our Fan Effect podcast will be recording live on Saturday afternoon. So come by and say hi. Cool. We've got us all covered on all fronts. That's great. Yeah. All right, Andy. That was a lot. So thank you. Yeah, no, there's lots to choose from. Lots got to do yeah. <laughs> All right, Grant Wayman. That's awesome. And nice to know that they're going to do that video we saw off the top of the He-Man thing with the song. <laughs> that would be the yeah, yeah, no. Andy That's telling us that. That's how each episode great. begins, actually. <laughs> uh, Hey, thanks for watching. I hope you and your family found this review helpful, and I invite you to check out my other in-depth reviews of movies and streaming TV shows on ksltv.com. I'll see you there. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. 
Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.